And open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. The name of the message today is meekness. Meekness. We've been looking at the nine things which are called the fruit of the Spirit. And we are now on the eighth one mentioned, which is meekness. Now, humility and lowliness of mind, which our Lord Jesus Christ was an excellent example of, right? Lowliness and humility and lowliness of mind. He was a preeminent example of, of that pattern. And that's worked in us by the Holy Spirit. He has it naturally. He has it naturally, being God. But it's something that's not natural for us. Humility and lowliness of mind is not natural to, to man. But we're going to see this. the Holy Spirit works this in us. And it, it's all part of being conformed to the image of Christ. It's all part of that. And God, the Holy Spirit, works in works humility in his blood-bought people. Again, we're not, we're not humble by nature. But what this humility does, it, it acknowledges God's mercy showing to us in Christ. It's, it's a lowliness of mind where we say we're, we're nothing and he's everything. We're just sinners. But he's a great savior. Never forget, we may be great sinners, which we all are, to our shame. But, oh, he's a great savior. He's a great, great savior. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what do we do now? Well, we do what Micah penned, knowing that God has showed us mercy he wrote these words. He has showed thee, O man, what is good in what the Lord doth require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Now, the only way we walk humbly with our God now is because he's working in us that humility, that lowliness of mind, which again acknowledges every goodness that occurs to us comes from God and his mercy comes to us through Christ Jesus our Lord and him alone. And we who are the people of God, we are utterly dependent upon Christ. I mean we are utterly dependent upon Christ. Remember he's the vine and you're the branches and what did he tell us? Without me you can do nothing. Nothing. There's nothing we can do. It all depends upon him. And that's why by God-given faith we rest and trust in him because we acknowledge our sinnership before God. We acknowledge that it's God who, who we've sinned against. And we acknowledge the mercy. Oh, what mercy, beloved, we've received in Christ. Deathless mercy. You can take all the mercy anyone's ever shown you or any people have ever shown you in your life and it doesn't even come close to the mercy that God shows us in Christ. The grace that he's, that he's given us. Let's read now verses 22 and 26. And let us remember too that he works all these things in us for our good and for his glory. But the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. 
against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So we see here the next fruit that we're going to look at in that cluster of, like a cluster of grapes, remember the same fruit from the same vine, is meekness. I looked up the English definition of meekness. It's an attitude or quality of heart whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone else. I'm going to read that again. This is what we, this is what, what God's worked in us that we are now submitted to him. Remember Christ came and submitted to the Father's will? He was naturally meek. He's sinless. He's spotless. He's the Lamb of God. The definition again is an attitude or quality of heart whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance. Right? To the will and desire of someone else. Weeping made willing. See this is now ties it. Now it makes that verse even come alive even more. Weeping made willing in the day of God's power. Not only to come to Christ, but to submit to him. Remember, he's a nail in the sure place. What a nail in the sure place is a nail where you can hang something, you know it ain't going to fall. We used to work on a construction site. We'd see them all over. Nails on a sure place where the guys would hook their stuff. When they were first framing the building. My, oh my. And this is also brought forth in the Greek definition for this word, word for meekness. It's this. Gentleness by implication, humility. So it also includes gentleness as well. And it's defined in our text as an inward grace of the soul. Something that's worked in us by the Holy Spirit of God. A calmness towards God in particular. See, it ties in with faith because remember that last week when we looked at faith, that is also where it gives us the ability just to rest in what God's doing in the world. This is what this meekness does too. To just be at rest. God's sovereign. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about what's going on. I'm aware of it. But I don't have to pull my hair out about it. Right? And acceptance, it also has to do with an acceptance of God's dealing with us. How he deals with us. Fully submitting to whatever his will is in our lives. Not our will, not our desires. But what his will and his desires are. See, we can sometimes try to put our will and desire before God's. Ultimately, God will just either let us go do it. And we'll reap the consequences of it. Either way, he knows it's going to happen, right? Or he'll restrain us. Oh my. And it also, this meekness brings forth that we consider the workings of God with us and in our lives 
is dealing with us considering it is our good but also withdrawing us closer to the Savior I'll never forget talking to Marge Sister Marge on the phone one time and she said Wayne I thank God for the cancer I have I'd never heard anyone ever say that before and I said well why sister she goes because it's drawn me so close to the Savior I thought my that's God given grace isn't it that's God, that, that was a vehicle that the Lord used to take her home and he gave her grace and meekness to be able to say well Lord this is for my good I, I heard I, I never met Sylvia but I heard it was the same with Sister Sylvia God just gives me his brother Wayne too he was ready to go home it's just the Lord giving that grace that meekness to say you're in control Lord I'm going to rest in your sovereignty whatever your will is and let we who are the redeemed never forget that our great God humbled himself. We're, we're proud and arrogant beings, aren't we? By nature. And our Lord left the glory of heaven and humbled himself and became a man to redeem our eternal souls. And if we're being conformed to the image of the Son, now we'll never see this humility in us. Others will see it the Lord, of course, sees it because he's working it in us. But we're never... I, 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 still, I, I know my pride, right? I know how I can be. Is it the same for you? My. My, oh my. But he's, he's working in us this, this meekness. Here we were. We were proud, arrogant, rebellious sinners running from him at one time. We had nothing but enmity in our hearts towards him. Even though we might not have verbalized it, it was in us. Some of us verbalized it. But praise God, he rescued us. He saved us. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, meekness, temperance. It's all being worked in us. Why do you have faith and keep having faith? Is it because we make our faith stronger? My faith is like a mustard seed is yours. But it's faith, isn't it? And it's God-given. And it's God who's working it in us, isn't it? See? That's why we keep on. Because He's working in us. He keeps us. I'll tell you, the more we learn about this, the more we see the Holy Spirit working in the believer and, and teaching us the things of Christ, the more we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in action in our salvation. And it's glorious. It's absolutely glorious, beloved. And by His Holy Spirit working in us, He keeps us humble. He keeps us low. He keeps us low. And think of this. Each one of us who are believers here, we have the honor of serving Christ. We have the honor of serving Christ. 
And every one of us is a servant. We, I, I could not do what I do here without you. And neither of us could do gather even together. None of us could gather together. We wouldn't desire it without Christ. Without the Holy Spirit working in us. <laughs> if, if we weren't saved, I know where I'd be. I'm not even going to say, but I know where I'd be today if, if the Lord hadn't saved me. My, oh my. But here I am with you now, loving to be with God's people, loving to preach the word. My, oh my. And God works in us meekness and mildness, forbearance as well, has to do with this. The definition of this word has meekness, mildness, forbearance. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. He says, Now I beseech thee, I beseech, now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who is in the presence, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not, that I may not be bold when I am present with that, that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Now Paul's dealing with false teachers here. They were saying, well, you're bold when you're here, but you're not bold. Or you're bold in your letters, but you're not bold when you're here with us. Paul's a very meek man. He's been made meek by the Holy Spirit of God. See, God's preachers, we're not, we're not here to shear sheep. That's not what we do. I'm not, I'm not here to shear no sheep. I'm here to present Christ to you. And hopefully the Holy Spirit will take the, the teachings that we learn and build you up in Christ. Right? But I my my main I am sent to preach the gospel. I'm not I'm not this is why you won't hear from me fifty ways to be a better Christian. Well that's not humanly possible. Is it? Cause because when them preachers and those false preachers tell you to do something and you fail 50 times <laughs> you don't feel any you, you feel no good do you and you don't have any hope because you're looking to yourself right that's what I realized when I was in religion and all that stuff I was looking to myself to solve problems I can't solve my problems but Christ does and I had a sin problem and I still have a sin problem do you but praise God we're forgiven in Christ. His blood has washed us clean. And the Holy Spirit keeps us humble before God. Imagine what it would be like if he didn't restrain us. Imagine what this world would be like. You know, God the Holy Spirit is even now restraining evil in this world. We get little glimpses of how man can be by horrible things which occur in the world. But imagine if he didn't restrain things. Oh my. I remember one preacher, I think it was Henry, said it'd be hell on earth. My oh my. So Paul's Paul's enemies, that portion I read there in Second Corinthians 10, Paul's enemies had, had charged him with being meek, gentle, and humble when he was present with them. But when he was away, he wrote forcefully and bold and commanding letters. But 
let us look to our Lord who did not compromise. He never compromised the truth about man. He was meek and gentle and patient toward all, right? Toward everyone. Now when we find ourselves to be rough and angry with men, let us think of the gentleness of Christ. Let us be aware of our own infirmities and yet be bold. Be bold though in presenting Christ. Look at over in chapter 6 of this wonderful book. Look at verses 1 to 2. Paul pens these words to the Galatians. We're going to look at them in the future down the road. He says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, in a sin, what do we do? Are we supposed to kick him while he's down? Religion does that, doesn't it? I think some of us experience that. They kick you while you're, oh my, I'll tell you what. Look at this. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Look at this. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now that's, now that's sound advice, isn't it? Let us not point the finger at others when they fall into sin because we can fall into that sin just as easily as they have. See, that's the difference between religion and grace. Grace comes alongside you and says, come on, brother, come on, sister. Lift me up. I'm just a sinner saved by grace like you are. And it says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. Let's never forget we're redeemed children of God, indwelt by, by God's Holy Spirit. But we're still sinful human flesh, aren't we? That's what those verses remind us. We're redeemed, we're saved, but we still have this sinful flesh with us. And the motions of sin, the desires of the flesh, and the potential to fall are in every single one of us. And are we not reminded of that every day? Can you sit there? I can do this. Can you sit in a chair? Put your feet up. Donnie Bell said this one time. He said, he said and I thought, oh my gosh, that's, that's all of us. He said, I can sit back in my easy chair and get so mad at somebody <laughs> and be just fuming. They don't even know it. And I'm just fuming at them. And the only person I'm hurting is myself. Right? It's true. It paralyzes us, doesn't it? The only one we're hurting is ourselves. We're not hurting no one else. The person doesn't even know you're mad at them. Right? Oh my. And we all, we're all smiling because we've all done it. Right? All of us. See, we're just, we're just sinful flesh. So if a brother or sister fall <coughs> into some grievous sin or just sinfulness, maybe a, uh, an attitude. We can get bad attitudes easy. Maybe an attitude or something in the flesh. We're to make every attempt to, to recover that brother or sister. To recover them. Right? To come alongside of them. In the attitude of a strong, mature, restrained 
believer toward our fallen brothers and sisters is not to be critical or holier than thou. That's what religion does. No, we're to come alongside them and bear their burdens with them. Be with them. Share that burden with them. And that's the spirit of humility and meekness that's being worked in us. Again, we know the potentials in us. We're sinners. Even now, we're sinners saved by grace. So the potential in us, this is what this verse, that verse in chapter 6 is bringing forth. The potential in us is, is for us to sin just like our brother and sister does. It's in every one of us. Because we're there's nothing new under the sun, is there? David struggled with this. Paul struggled with this. All of our... And here's Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, penning these words. Saying, don't kick your brother while he's down. Bear your burdens with him. You know, Henry said this, and I, I, I found this to be true. You're mad at someone? Pray for him. You can't stay mad at him. You can't. It's impossible. If you're praying for them, you cannot be mad at them. You just cannot. My oh my. So this meekness is an inward grace produced in us again by the Holy Spirit of God. It comes from God. It's produced in us by God. He's working it in us. And it's in all believers by God the Holy Spirit. And after we're born again, we, we, we learn as we grow in grace to accept God's dealing with us. And that's what this meekness also does. It accepts God's dealing with us. Whatever station, place we find ourselves in life, I, I couldn't hardly walk the last two, three weeks. Right? And Zane, you were going through the same thing. I, you know, but you have to resolve that this is where God's got us. This is the place that I'm in. And there's nothing you can do about it except pray and ask the saints to pray and, and, and rest in Christ, right? That's all we can do. And you know, whenever, whenever something like this is happening to me, I always think, there's people a lot worse off than I am. There is. A lot worse off than I am. My, oh my. So this meekness again does not blame God for our persecutions. Now, natural man, something will happen to a natural man and they will blame God. You know, when, usually when someone dies, they, they say, well, God could have kept them alive. Why do you do that? Well, why are you blaming God? The person has an appointment like everyone else. Right? But natural man will blame God for things. Now you see or hear about a huge earthquake or something. Why didn't God stop that? He He allowed it to happen. He's sovereign. He can. He He doesn't have to answer to you and I, does he? <laughs> he doesn't have to answer to no one. Who are thou who repliest against God? The Scripture says. Right? Who are we? Who are we to reply against God? So so this meekness works in us where we, we won't reply against God. We're just rest in his truth and rest in his sovereignty. Isn't it wonderful to be able to do that? To be able to just say, to look at all the chaos in the world right now and go, well, God's in control. And I, and I don't mean 
in a fatalistic way either. I just mean to say, well, he's in control. This is his world. Right? And I'm, I'm going to pray. As the Lord puts people on my heart, I'm going to pray for them, in, even in far other countries, right? But I can't change that. But I can pray for them, that God would save them, if it be his will. And even down into our lives, this gives us, this meekness gives us a resolve to just rest in Christ. To rest in his dealings with us. His providential dealings. And the fruit of the Spirit is a result of God's, God the Holy Spirit working in us. When we're born again, we're given faith, which is one of the fruit of the Spirit. We're given love for God, which is one of the fruit of the Spirit. We're given joy, aren't we? Oh, we're so thankful. And we continue to be thankful. It's, and the more God works these in us, the, the stronger they get. And again, it's Him working it in us. It's nothing. We can't muster it. We can't make it more or less. But don't you rejoice the more you learn about Christ? You're like, oh my goodness, this is wonderful. See, that's that joy working in you by the Holy Spirit of God. Revealing more and more about Christ to us and his redeeming blood saving us from all our sins. And it all comes from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. He's the motivation. He, he is the motivating force which produces the fruit of the Spirit. I remember when I was in religion, you used to have to try, oh, I need to be more joyful. I need to build more of this. I was the most miserable man because <laughs> I couldn't make myself happy. But when the Lord saved me, my, when I heard the words, it's finished, and really heard them, it's finished. When I heard that the, we're no longer under the law, that Christ became a curse for us and freed us from under the law, from under the law, what liberty we had, eh, Brother Zane? What liberty? It's wonderful. Makes your heart, you might not say hallelujah in, our, in words, but in our heart we're saying that, aren't we? <laughs> oh my, it's that inward joy that's within us. And then we get together and we just, it just gets stirred up. Have you ever noticed that too? It just gets stirred up like someone's stirring a pot. My oh my, it's wonderful. And then we say, did not our hearts burn within us just like the disciples? My, isn't that wonderful? That's God the Holy Spirit working in us. You know, it's amazing. Then verse 25 says, if we, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Again, notice in our text the, the word fruit, again, is singular. Again, it's, it serves to show that all the elements of character spoken in, in these verses, right, are a unity. You can't have one without the other. You ever think of that? These, these fruit, this fruit that's being worked in us, it's all connected. The, the, you, you can't find a believer without true love for God. Now, now <laughs> there's a danger when we say, for us right away to go, well, Boy, I look at these and they're so they're so weak. We won't see them and say, "Well, am I even saved?" God, the Holy Spirit's working these in us. It's not something we do. 
Do you love Christ? Do you have a joy in your heart? Do you have peace with God? You see? This is all through Christ. Who are you looking to? Christ. The fact that we're here and we believe God is a miracle of grace. That, that alone is a miracle of grace. That we've been given faith to believe. Now we are to examine ourselves. And how have I always told you that we examine ourselves? Who are we looking to right now? Not in the past. Who are we looking to right now? Well, I'm looking to Christ. Are you? Amen. <laughs> as long as God gives me the grace to do so, I'm going to keep looking at him. And if I lose my mind, that's okay. God's got me. I remember Henry saying sometimes, well, somebody asked him, well, what happens if a brother or sister gets Alzheimer's and starts to stay in all these things and start forgetting about Christ? And he says, did Christ forget about them? Nope. So we don't even have to worry if we lose our minds. We'll finish it, brother. Amen. Amen. This Greek word is also used by other Greek writers of the past, and it refers to a qualities of mildness, gentleness, meekness, and dealing with others. So it also not only, not only gives us the ability to just rest in God's providence, but it also gives us the ability to be gentle with others. To be gentle with other people. Right? First and foremost with the household of faith, right? But others too in the world. Others too in the world. Listen to this. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation with wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the union of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. So this meekness that's mentioned there, this lowliness, and notice Paul there, wrote, he, he mentioned meekness and long-suffering, which are two of the fruits of the Spirit. And they go hand in hand, don't they? See, all these fruits are united. Like, like I said earlier, they form a unity. Uh, if, you, if you find a super critical person who professes Christ, and I mean, I mean someone who just causes trouble and you know, and there's a pattern to it, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Because God the Holy Spirit will work in us these, this fruit. We, we're not the same as we were. I, I met my brothers. I told you guys uh, I saw my brothers last night. They still see Wayne as Wayne. But I know I'm not the same person I was. And it's nothing I did. And it's nothing you did. Is it? When your family members see you and, and they say, there's something different about that. Yeah. We have new love. We have faith given to us. Right? Well, the Holy Spirit's working in us. These things that we don't see in ourselves, but others see it in us. I know. I, I, I've seen a change in the congregation here in the last three years that's been absolutely astounding. Not that it wasn't, wasn't good before, but I'll tell you what. The growth in the body 
And you might not see it in yourselves, but I see it in you. And it's been amazing. The unity that the Lord's brought together. That's all comes from Him. There's nothing we can do about that. You know, we can... It's His work, beloved. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. My, oh, my. That's why Paul wrote, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. And that's where our unity comes from, right? Anytime this church has ever had unity in the past and even now, it all comes from the Holy Spirit of God. It's His work. He works that in us. And we get the blessed, think of this too, we get the blessedness of the fellowship from that unity in Christ and the love that we have for one another. Isn't it amazing? It's absolutely incredible. I told you guys last week, this will be eight years I've been with you. And I'm looking forward to however long the Lord has for me here. And, and I'm, I'm excited. But you know, I went up to Canada, saw my daughter, who I just loved dearly, right? Saw my brothers, but I couldn't wait to get back home to be here with you today. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's the Lord working that in us. And, and you may have felt the same way about coming to church. You're here because you wanted to be here, right? Isn't that amazing? In itself, when, when all the world around us is going and doing whatever they want, and here the Lord's changed us, we're new creatures in Christ. We got Dave singing songs for us. <laughs> you, got, you got me preaching, man. What's going on here, eh? God's so good, isn't he? Isn't he so good, beloved? Just, 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 I, I, I've not, got nowhere near done my message, but we're, we're, we ran out of time. But just, just relish that today and this week. Just relish that love that God has for us and that he's working all these things in us. You know, this, this wonderful fruit of the Spirit is God the Holy Spirit working mightily in us. You know, Paul said, I labor, I strive to preach the gospel only by the Holy Spirit working mightily in me. And whether we see it or not, He's working in us, beloved. Isn't that wonderful? Praise His mighty name for His mercy and His goodness in Christ towards us. Brother Jim, can you close us in prayer?